0: friends. This is the Be Real Babe podcast, a place where your average Canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses, messes, and successes. Each week we will bring you new episodes sharing our experiences on a ton of different topics in hopes that we get a better understanding of ourselves, each other, and this crazy world we live in. We want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves, be real, and lay it all out there. By sharing our experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals, no one is giving any advice, we are strictly speaking of our life experiences and for entertainment purposes only. Now with that being said, it's time, so grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in.
1: All right. Welcome, welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in today. We have a bit of a special episode. Today, we're recording episode 33, and we have the title, Sex, Kink, and Working It. And with me today, I have my wonderful... We are family, actually. I'm just going to say it like it is. We are actually family. So I have my stepsister here, and we're going to talk about life and what is the the title and what that is for her and um her name is sabrina and i would just like to introduce her and ask her to tell us a little bit about herself
2: hi (laughs) hi (laughs) uh so uh yeah my name is uh Sabrina uh so I actually saw that Kayla and Brandy were doing some stuff for the podcast with um sex and kink and all of the stuff uh good and bad that comes with that so I sent a message and was like hey I'm really interested in being a guest on this I have a lot of experience um I've worked in a sex store I'm a sex worker myself I have a lot of knowledge so I basically just said yeah I'd love to be a part of it so here I am (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So with that,
1: I just want to kind of jump right in and ask you about your experience in the sex store and like what that was like, Um, you know, like how you even decided to get into it and like what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. What can you tell me about working in the in the sex store?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, So the place that I worked, we actually branded ourselves – well, I don't own it, of course, but they actually branded themselves as um, like a sexual health store. So they basically wanted to – yeah, they wanted to remove some of the stigma around sex stores because, you know, a lot of the times people think sex uh, sex store and they think, you know, some dark alleyway with triple X flashing in the window. And Mm -hmm. we kind of wanted to remove some of that stigma to make people a little bit more comfortable coming into the store. Um, So it was very – medical in a way. So we wanted to use, you know, medical terms to describe everything to make people feel a little bit more comfortable. And uh, there was definitely some interesting experiences there. Um, Honestly, I decided to apply there for the reason, same reason I applied anywhere else. I needed a job. Uh, Right. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, so I was looking around and I saw that they were hiring and I was like, Oh, cool. You know, like, I've definitely been into the store a couple times. And um, I applied, it was group interview, and I got the job. um, And I just figured it would be really nice to uh, work somewhere that was, you know, open and, and comfortable. And it was great in that regard. I mean, you know, it was really awesome to be able to work with other like-minded people. And I had a lot more experience going into that job than everybody else that had been hired, which sounds bad uh, to yeah, some no, people. I that
1: it's actually, that's great. And I kind of want to ask you, like, what do you mean by that specifically? Like when you had more
2: experience? Um, so I had a lot more sexual experience. All uh, right, so hey. I, yeah, I developed sexually very early. Nice, um, me so too. I yeah. So I did a lot of, um, we'll say exploring Yeah, in my teenage years. Um, so, you know, I had a lot of knowledge about the products that they sold there and things like that. And I was the type of person I'm a researcher. I'm very science minded. I have a biochem degree, so I research everything before I do it. So even before I worked at the sex store, um, I would research like if toys were safe, uh, mm, no, that's uh, brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a lot of knowledge about that and like lubricants and what you could and couldn't use and all of that stuff. So I had a lot of experience with that um, and just different types of sexual acts, the BDSM and kink community. I had a lot of experience with that even at a young age. So um yeah, I, I definitely had a lot of knowledge to share with people, and I definitely learned a lot of stuff while I was there as well. So, I mean, I didn't go into it knowing everything, but I did know a lot, and I came out with a lot more knowledge. That's definitely helped me in my own, you know, sexual exploration and um, just my my sexual relationships and just my overall sexual health, really.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that's awesome, and I really like the fact that you, that um, the, the store that you worked at was like more. You know, cause it is. Um, and that's kind of a question that I have too, like up uh, in that regard, just it's there. Are, sex stores are very like discreet. It's almost like, yeah. have you seen like pot stores, pot stores, they're not allowed to have uh, clear windows. You can't have yep. clear windows to see in. So I'm wondering, is it the same for sex stores?
2: it is actually um so we the reason why is because you know you think about it and there's there's a huge kink community everywhere whether or not people want to admit it i mean there's a lot of people that are uh you know under underground kinksters i should i i would say um so yeah i mean people don't want to be seen going into sex stores and buying stuff you know there might be people. That are in polyamorous relationships, um, or that are, you know, having affairs. As bad as that sounds, you know, you have to maintain the privacy of those people that are coming in. So we didn't have frosted windows, but we did have curtains up in the windows. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I mean it was it was across a school uh, across the street from a high school, right? Oh, so yeah. realistically, you know, kids were coming over to the convenience store next door and trying to peek in the windows with the uh, with the curtains up there. You couldn't see that, and uh, you know, if you're looking into a sex store from the outside and you're seeing all of the stuff that's there, uh, it can be a little bit like scary and nerve wracking. So they actually had a specific way that they would arrange the store to kind of like work people into it. Oh. Um yeah, so a lot of sex stores. I don't know if everywhere is like this, but um, a lot of the sex stores that I've experienced, when you walk in, they have more of like the low key stuff. So you walk in the door, yes. The first thing that you see is like some lingerie and underwear, stuff like that. Like that's pretty normal. You see that in the mall in oh, totally. and Lysenzo, totally secret. Yeah, so they they start you off with that. There's you know some some bachelorette games and things like that. All of that funny cutesy stuff, uh, lubricants and massage oils. They keep all of the other stuff um, in the back because you want people to gradually work up to going into the more i, I want to say in, intense um you know sexual toys yeah I mean, you don't want somebody that's never been in a sex store to walk in the first thing they see is like a 17 inch dildo looking them in the face right yeah and
1: then they're just freaked out and they leave honestly that's something yeah. that i think i think that is relatively similar throughout a, the sex stores and i think that's an incredible idea and it's always wondered why they yeah. were like that but uh, mm-hmm. i know i remember in my first few times going in to one And legit, if I would have been greeted with like a double ended dildo or something, I probably would have cried and left. Like, honestly, yeah. just because <laughs> I'm, I'm super anxious, right? And like, it's yeah. also super private. But then, like you said already, there was this, there's stigma around it. Like, and it is, I think yeah. that's absolutely retarded that there, the whole stigma around the whole entire thing. It's like, sex is a complete natural thing and like you should be able to explore and investigate your, each other's bodies in your own body and like it not be weird it's oh my god absolutely right? yeah. yeah I don't know um, it's frustrating
2: yeah yeah uh something that I noticed actually a lot of the times working there is like people would come in um and they if they were buying like a larger uh dildo or vibrator or butt plug or literally anything they would come up and be like oh this isn't for me this is just like a joke for my friend And there was a couple of times that I just looked at them and I was like, dude, I literally don't care. Like, if you are putting this in your asshole or not, doesn't bother me. I'm here to work. I'm really not going to judge you. (laughs) Like, you can come in and you can buy a fist dildo and it's not going to bother me. I've definitely seen worse. And that's the thing. Like, I worked there for like two and a half years. So I saw everything, dude. Like, my first couple of months there, um, we had uh, like full torsos. So like from... Oh, fuck Yeah. Yeah, like from the tops of the legs, so like vag to tits. Nice. Um, and we had one of Bonnie Rotten, the uh, the porn star. Cool. I'm a huge Bonnie Rotten. Yeah, I'm a huge Bonnie Rotten fan. I follow her on Instagram. She's the cutest little thing, uh, but she doesn't look that way. Like she's an alternative porn star, right? Okay. So. Um, we had a, we had a torso of her and um, I really wanted to sell it. It was like $700 and I was gunning for it. I was like, I'm going to be the one to sell this. It was a couple months in guy walks in and uh, we were just chatting, you know, cause like we would go up and ask people, Hey, you know, do you need help finding anything or anything like that? Some people would just be like, no. And you could tell they were uncomfortable. Other yeah. people would be so like upfront with you and be like, look, I'm looking for like the biggest dildo you have. What do you got? So it was like really different, right? You had to really know who you were talking to. Um, so I was talking to this guy and he was just saying, yeah, you know, like I'm looking for some toys for me and my partner. They travel a lot. I travel a lot. And we just like to have a lot of stuff for like when each of us is gone. And, um, I just jokingly brought up the Bonnie rotten torso. And I was like, I've been dying to sell that for so long. Cause I think it's so good. And he just shrugged and was like, I'll take it. No way. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Um, and I, I just laughed and then he just stared at me and I was like, oh, you're, you're serious. And he was like, yeah. I mean, can I, can I have a look at it? And I was like, yeah, like I can open up, I'll I'll open it up, show it to you and whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So I opened it up. He had a look at it and he was like, yeah, I'll take it. He's like, do you mind just taking it out of the box though? Just because, you know, the picture's on the outside Um, and we didn't have any uh, bags big enough. So, yeah, I took it out of the box. He hauled it out of the store, paid like seven or eight hundred dollars for it. um, And he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to come back for the male one for my partner.
0: (laughs) And that was like the
2: last time I saw that dude. Yeah. Um so I mean you like you see all kinds of stuff so people thinking that I was going to judge them for like buying a butt plug or something I just thought was so ridiculous and it just made me sad because it's like totally it's 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 obvious that you know you're kind of uncomfortable and like you need to be comfortable to be able to you know come in and and get something that you really want which was kind of the worst part it was really sad seeing people super uncomfortable with their sexuality in in the store
1: Yeah and I think that that's a really common thing um for myself in that regard like I have been pretty, like, quiet when I go in. Like, I generally don't – I like, when I first started going, I wasn't asking for help or anything. And then yeah. I started getting the, to know the women in the store, and there's a couple in there that were just so awesome, that were just, like, full-on – like, it sounded sound kind of like how you were, just, like, totally open and – just that kind of vibe made me feel more comfortable. Cause it was like, well, you're in here for yourself or, you know, in here for you and your partner. Like, why do you need to be embarrassed? And I think like just that environment and that vibe kind of like helped me let go of my own shame. I, cause I honestly think that's what it is. It's like shame for everybody. People feel yeah. shameful that they, oh, yeah. you know, that they have these fetishes or that they have these things. And it's like, you know what? You're not hurting anybody. You're not hurting yeah. anyone. It's consensual exactly. for you. It's explorative. It's you know, it's it's fun. It should be. Yeah. F- fun, not shameful. So I really liked that.
0: Um,
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. uh, And and that's the thing too, right? Like if people walk into the store, and they can tell that you as a staff member are uncomfortable, they're going to be uncomfortable. And like, there was definitely times that people walked in and I went up and was like, Hey, do you need help with anything? And they're like, No, you know, I don't really feel comfortable talking about it. Um, and that's totally cool. Um, or like there was times that I was working with male coworkers and women would walk in, they didn't feel comfortable talking to the men, which like mm. I totally, I totally get it. But at the same time, if we thought that they were creeps, they wouldn't be working here. But I totally right. understand why they would feel uncomfortable. Um, but I, the thing that I found the most is that a lot of women were more uncomfortable than the men. Um, like to the point where, oh yeah, big time. Like to, It was to the point where um i would have a lot of men coming in and being like you know i'm uh, i'm here for my wife or my girlfriend or, or whatever and you know like i'm just looking for something for her and i'd be like okay well you know like what kind of stimu- uh, like what kind of stimulation do they like and they'd be like i don't know you oh, don't gosh. know oh my god like and uh, like no offense but i feel like if you're like married or something like that you're like you should know at least what your partner likes and if you don't maybe that's that's why you're here and that's fine But those, those men, I would tell them, like, I know that your partner's in the car right now and they sent you in because they feel uncomfortable. I really think that you should go get them. Like, I'm not going to bite. And I know that it might be a little bit awkward for them, but they need to come in and they need to figure out what's going to work for them because I can't sell you something that your partner is going to like if I don't talk to them and figure out what they're looking for because everything, everything here is final sale, obviously. Right. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, there was there was a lot of times that like men would leave, get their partners in the car and like get them to come in, which kind of sucked because like you could tell they were uncomfortable. But at the same time, I'd rather do that and just like show them you don't need to be ashamed. You don't need to be embarrassed and you need to figure out, you know, like what you want rather than sending your partner in, because if they don't know what kind of stuff that you like, you're not going to be enjoying the, the toys that they buy anyway. So, yeah. I mean, that, that part was really sad. It was mostly women that you could tell were very, very uncomfortable in the store. Um, don't get me wrong. There were some women that came in and they were super open. But a lot of the times that was uh, that was what I saw, which made me sad. But
1: <laughs> I think I'm I think I've been like really sh- I'm shy when there's other like weirdly I'm shy when there's men in the store that aren't that aren't employees, but customers.
2: Yeah, that's totally normal, too, because I feel like if it's an employee, you know that they don't give a shit. But if you're going in and there's other men there, it can be a little bit awkward. Just um, random. Me, yeah, exactly. For me, um, because I was so used to it, it didn't bother me at all. And, you know, like I've been with men, I've been with women. Um, so like I'm I'm comfortable with everything. Um, and, and realistically, like those people are never going to see you again. So what they're judging you for doing in, you know, the comfort of your own home is, it's not really a concern to me, but I totally understand why people are, are uncomfortable with it. And I think that's something that, you know, seriously needs to change because oh, everybody's that's... doing it. Well, almost everybody. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they might be into some nasty shit too. They might just not be buying it in the store. They're probably ordering it online anyway. So... <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, no. That, that's the thing too. Like ordering things online, I love talking to a person. Like I love that. I'm actually really well known in the one store that I go to here. There's mm-hmm. a couple girls that I, I just we, we're just we laugh, we joke. Um, I got a thing from them. What is it? Oh my god, it's like my. Favorite. I'm gonna go get it because I want to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's um it's like a it's like one of those freaking suction things. Oh, is it a satisfier? Yeah, like it it's called Lilo and it's silicone oh. and it has yep. like the you know
2: and fuck yeah. yeah, like
1: I have never had one that I like so much
2: yeah 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 we sold those um a couple of other ones that we sold were like the womanizer and the satisfier i didn't really love the womanizer because i feel like it was a little bit um exclusive of you know trans men which is yeah um because it's called womanizer right yeah i don't like that yeah if you're and they were very gaudy looking like they had like leopard print and like a, a bejeweled uh, button and stuff like that. I didn't like that personally. I liked the more low-key satisfiers They were also cheaper and I just feel like it was more inclusive because it wasn't gender-specific Because right. you know, you think about it and some somebody might be using it for their nipples or their clitoris They might identify as male or female or neither. So I feel like it was more inclusive I actually have a few of them I think the best part about working there is a lot of the times when they would send us new stock we had demos that we would have out. This is before COVID, obviously. Right. Uh, we would have demos out that people could like, they could touch them, um, not use them on themselves, obviously, but, but get that- a feel of what they do. Exactly. So see the functions and all of that stuff. And half of the time they would send us a shitload of these demos. And I think they didn't realize how small the store was. So half of the time we ended up leaving with just free toys because we were like, we have these demos, take them home, use them, see if you like them. And then if you like them, you can recommend them. It was a lot easier to recommend products when they were using them. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I probably have like thousands of dollars worth of lingerie and sex toys that I paid nothing for. I love that. That's the yeah, best. Like, Oh, yeah. Like my partner and I, when I moved all of my stuff in, because I recently just moved in with my partner, we have to, like, I had a a small dresser at my own house, but he has one here that I'm just using. So we're literally using this small five drawer dresser for all of our nasty shit. And there's not, you know what? There's not enough space. (laughs) It's bad. It's pretty bad.
1: Cool. I mean, it's, and like, it's just, it just shows like the openness that you have. And I think that's really important. Like, you know, to to be able to be so comfortable with your sexuality and who you are as a person and your body and everything like that, and it's incredible because that, that that's not common out there.
2: Yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, especially for somebody, and this is this is the thing. Like, I don't know if it is a result of my sexual trauma or in despite of my sexual trauma. I have no idea, but um, you know, there's there's definitely been some things that I've gone through that have made sex. Like sometimes difficult for me or different for sure, Um, but I feel like one of the one of the best things about being so open and so free, and you know, being a sex worker and being a part of the kink community is that it has given me a way to get past my sexual trauma and really just take control of of my own uh, my own sexual issues and things like that. So in a way, it's been very empowering to be a part of that community because i feel like a lot of people have this miscommunication about kink that you know it's mostly forceful and uh you know degrading and that's not it at all it makes me feel a lot more powerful even if i'm being submissive or if i'm being dominant doesn't matter it's a way for me to take back some of the control that i feel like i lost because of Mm. what i what i went through right that is so powerful i
1: got chills all over my body
2: just now listening (laughs)
1: <laughs> love hearing it because a lot of people, um, you know, for myself and I, probably a handful of most of the girls I know who have experienced sexual trauma, it has done a lot of damage to the way that they see themselves and a lot of damage to the way that they they enjoy pleasure or, you know, it makes it harder for them to enjoy it. So I really love that. Like, I love that you were able to open up in a sense and become just unapologetically yourself and so authentic like you are one of the most authentic people ever I just love the fact that you are just so different and I've always (laughs) loved that like always loved it like from the day I met you I'm like no this girl's cool as shit (laughs) (laughs)
2: thank you she's
1: cool (laughs) as shit she has a really cool mullet you guys it's fucking awesome and it makes me want one
2: (laughs) yeah oh my god do it it's been so it's been so good because it's so hot it's like 30 fucking degrees here today and i feel like if i had my hair because like you know that like you and i both have big luscious curls um so there's a lot of it it's heavy it's just so hot so ever since getting rid of my hair it's just been so nice for the summer
1: (laughs) nice no and I love that um what do you do you want to like what do you want to touch on when it comes to being um like I kind of want to ask you a couple things about the kink because you brought up that people kind of generalize it as being um uh what do we say forceful I kind of want to I kind of want to talk about that like yeah that's true and we you know when literally when you hear it you think oh like bdsm or kink or whatever you think like you know torture and shit like that's not necessarily the way it is i don't think yeah exactly and i mean i believe that there's just a lot out there and a lot of people do do like a lot of different stuff so there are more exaggerated forms of expressing that kind of thing but I Definitely. don't you know like because I mean everyone's gone on porn sites and seen some interesting things yeah you know yeah. so and that to each their own and that's another thing too like there's a lot of stigma around porn as well and you know
2: yeah yeah I just um,
1: yeah
2: I will say there I do have my own issues with porn uh not in the I same way as, okay. yeah not in the same way as some people I mean like I don't really watch a whole lot of porn I'll be honest just because that's awesome. like it's, it's not even that like, Oh, I don't like it. It's so, it's so stigmatized, blah, blah, blah. It's not even that. It's just like, I'm so picky. I go on Pornhub or whatever I'm looking at and it takes me fucking forever to find something that I like. Yep. Um, and I just, in the time that it takes me to find a porn that I like, I could fire out a quick one and be gone to bed. like Yep. And it's, yeah, and I mean, if it's just, like, that's
1: something, too, that I also find really fascinating, because, like, I'm trying to, like, just be more connected when I'm doing things. So yeah. I try to just, like, not, because I want to be able to be present with my body when I'm, you know. Yeah. So I'm having I'm having some, I'm just having some, you know, trial and error over here, just testing things, testing the water, yeah. and just trying to get comfortable, because, like, I mean... I think I've just been really ashamed for a long time and it's, I'm trying not to be, and I'm trying yeah. to like take my time. Cause I don't know about you, but like for the longest time, it was, this is something that you do by yourself. It's something that's secret and yeah. it's meant to be done quickly so that no one catches you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then,
1: yeah.
2: I and think then it becomes
1: like was... a thrill, you know, the yeah. whole, Ooh, <laughs> like does. no one's gonna, What if someone's coming And It's like, what yeah. the fuck am I doing? <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that just really comes from honestly, like being a teenager, because when you're a teenager, sex is stigmatized, depending on how you grew up. Obviously, for me, it was a lot. It was very stigmatized, like masturbating as a as a woman or, you know, a a biological woman, because I I identify as, uh, you know, non binary. Right. Um, So Growing up as somebody who's biologically a female, masturbation is, like, not okay. That's a thing that boys do. Um, Touching yourself is not ladylike and all of that stuff. So it was very stigmatized for me as a a kid. Um, So, honestly, I don't think I masturbated until I was in university. I didn't masturbate at home. Yeah, yeah, which is weird because, like, I was having sex when I was 14. Um, But I didn't masturbate until I was in university. And it was because I had a, a, a boyfriend Um, out home, because I mean, obviously, you know, like my dad lives in a really small community. So Mm -hmm. I came to the city to go to school and my boyfriend was still out there. So we would like, um, we would do um, the cyber nasty is what we called it. So we would get on and like masturbate together. And that was like the first time that I masturbated because I grew up, feeling like it was something that you absolutely do not do as a girl so i just i just didn't do it and then when i finally did start and i was like man, this is this is fucking sick like- like, this is fun why is
1: like why have we never done this what the hell exactly
2: yeah yeah um and i i feel like another reason that it's stigmatized too is that like you a lot of parents are not willing to buy their children safe sex toys. And I feel like that's a huge issue. Like, no, you you probably don't want to be like pervin on your kids. But at the same time, I mean, they're going to find something. So you might as well just go get them something safe, something clean, teach them how to use it properly. Not teach them how to use it properly. That sounds disgusting. But you know what I, I mean? Like teach them yeah, how to no, be of, safe of and course. clean about it. Of course. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's this huge thing. And I mean, you know, me being so sheltered in that regard is just a huge part of my sexual trauma. Like when I was growing up, I grew up with just, just my mom. Um, And my mom was, you know, pretty, pretty promiscuous. uh, I'm not going to lie. And it caused a lot of issues for me sexually because, you know, as a young child, you know, seven or eight, you're hearing your mom having sex. It was very traumatizing for me. And yeah, it was it was bad. This is why, you know, I have a lot of issues around around sex that I've had to get over. Um, so, I, you know, hearing that as a child and then, you know, hearing your mother talk about their relationship issues when you're a kid and like them expecting you to help fix it um, and, you know, being told that masturbating is not OK, having sex is not OK, anything like that. It just was it made me very, very sheltered in that regard. So I feel like if you think about the way that I grew up and knowing me now you would never guess that I was raised that way um, no. but you know it, it was to the point where I was eight years old and I was seeing random men leave in the mornings and never seeing them again um, yeah that's
1: kind of harsh I'm not gonna lie yeah it, it, yeah I that. mean to to each their own like mothers should be able to have sex and whatnot oh, yeah, but sure. to a discretion you know yeah. Because you are and, parenting, and that you at yeah. seven or eight, you're so formable in your mind. Like
2: that's, yeah. Fuck,
1: my kid walked um, in on me one time, and I'm still traumatized from it. Like I'm honestly uh, still so traumatized.
2: Yeah, and I think like and, and that's gonna happen. Like that's so, totally normal. But I mean, you know how like how old is Cash now? Six. Five. Five. Yeah. So I mean, that's not as bad I things, things are gonna happen but yeah. if you're like actively not even trying and you know being promiscuous and things like that and be- because of that experience with my mom it made me uh, like very sexist against against women and you know oh. I identified as a woman for a long time so you know as a, as a teenager because I had and like my mom was abusive in other ways so because of that I always connected promiscuity with something negative. Right. Um, and women having a lot of sex with something negative. So when I was younger, any girl that was having sex with multiple people, oh, they were a slut. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, so, sure. And I'll openly admit that because it was it was trauma that I hadn't processed. And um, I feel like you know now, obviously, I'm I'm basically trying to take the word back from right my, for myself. And I call myself a slut all the time. I am a slut. I have no shame in that. Um, I mean, I post pictures of my asshole online for people to look that. at and pay for it, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's something that I definitely had to work through a lot. And because of that, it made it really, really difficult for me to explore myself sexually. And it made me feel really gross about myself when I did start having more partners than I would have mm-hmm. preferred because I still had that mindset that being a slut was not okay, right? Which is so and- stupid, it is, yeah. Cause I mean, you know, there's that whole stick the well stereotype of, you know, men can go around and do it and you're known as a player and that's a good thing, but if women do it, it's not okay. I have literally is, never why that? understood
1: that. Like I get yeah. actually so irate because I get um very promiscuous as a teenager. I think mine yeah. I think I talked about this in a different episode, but um I think it was because uh the trauma that I had and stuff and I became like hypersexual.
2: Yes. Oh my
1: God. Me too. (laughs) And I didn't know what that was or why it was that way. But I was just like, so from like a, like for me, from a young age, I was aware of my body and what it felt like. So I think I've been masturbating for like, fuck, I was young. And I'm terrified because I want to teach my son to be safe and that there's yeah. no shame in it because I don't want him to grow up you know with that weird shame that we had because we, it honestly sounds like we had the same kind of shame stigma around it like we, you know it's normal for boys but why the fuck would they teach why would they teach it why would it ever be taught that way that it's normal for boys to do because yank on theirs and like what the heck
2: yeah yeah I totally know what you mean and it's just like it's this super annoying thing about growing up as a female because there's already so much bullshit that we have to deal with and then we're not even allowed to masturbate for some stress release. Like, get the fuck out of here with that.
1: <laughs> I know. And it's, you know, that even too, like, it's just so weird because I've always thought that was strange and I've had to kind of break that my in my own head as well because I was I have had my fair share of encounters, we'll call them, with – other people (laughs) because it's not just been men it's there's been some women in there and I've had my fair share and for a long time I had a lot of shame in the word slut and I remember being in high school and we had to write a paper and I think it was like if there was one thing that you could change in the world what would it be and my topic of choice was the word slut I I was like I would like to see the word slut formed because I love trash that it's Mm -hmm. directed at women yes okay for men I think this is trash it's okay for everybody everybody can be a slut you can be a slut I can be a slut everyone can be a slut and so I think that oh but my teachers holy fuck I went to a Catholic school like imagine just imagine for three seconds what that was like oh I got I got roasted but my teacher came up to me after and was like you know what honestly this is really well written really well written paper
2: yeah Um, yeah I would just even be Morning, even though they didn't like or... the, yeah even though they didn't like the topic they liked they liked the sentence structure of what you were saying yeah
1: it was very direct like I'm I was super blunt when I was in high school and it was just like I don't think that I shouldn't be able to do anything that I want because I'm a girl like that's stupid I've always yeah. been that way and so just finding myself that way too and I I I like to hear it too about um also just the diversity that you've gone through or identifying as a as a female and now non-binary like what what how did that for you
2: how did that come about um so I've been with a couple of uh men that identify as transgender right um so they were born female and now identify as male or have always identified as male and just didn't really know what to call it okay um so it was it was kind of like random. So, I mean, all growing up, I was, I was called a tomboy. I didn't really like wearing dresses, even though I was forced into them. I didn't really like having my hair all pretty and done up and all of that stuff. Um, So I was just called a tomboy growing up and I was fine with that. And I've never really felt comfortable in my body. And I thought it was just because, you know, growing up, I developed early and I developed quickly. So because my tits were growing, I was called a slut all the time. Um, oh my god! And yeah, yeah, pretty much. Something I couldn't control made me a slut, I guess. But anyway, wow. Um, yeah. So, and and I had a lot of guy friends. So everyone was mm. like, "Oh, you know, she's just a slut." Whatever. I don't give a shit. I like. I that's. I'm. I'm over that at this point. Um, but um, but yeah, I was. Uh, it was. I, I never really felt super comfortable in my body, and I thought it was just because of that, because I was shamed for it over something I couldn't control. Mm. Um, but I kind of just you know i i didn't really think anything of it i didn't really have a lot of experiences with non-binary or trans folks at all growing up even though i did grow up in ontario but uh, i was younger right like i was in high school so i didn't really experience any of that yeah and uh, when i moved to newfoundland and when i came to the city for our school um, i started learning a little bit more about you know the the wide variety of people that are a part of the lgbtqa plus community and, um, I actually did date a couple of people that identify as trans, as I said, and one of the guys that I was with, I bought, um, I bought, a, um, a binder for him as a gift, which is okay. basically like a shirt with like a heavy material on the front so that it flattens your chest so that you can't tell that you have breasts essentially. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I was like, I wonder what's this like. I wonder if this actually works because I'm a 34 H cup. So my tits are huge. Yeah. And I wanted to see if it would work for me. Um, so I tried it on and, um, I jokingly was like, Oh, I'm going to like dress up and like put men's clothes on or whatever. And I did that. So I had a binder on, I had like the baggy pants and boxers and I had like a big shirt and like a snapback on. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, this feels right. It mm-hmm. feels so comfortable. And I, Feel like I could dress like this some days and dress really feminine some other days, and I didn't really know what that meant, um, because I I definitely knew that I didn't identify as trans. Um, I have I don't really have any uh, like body dysmorphia. There is sometimes I'm like oh I I hate my tits. I just want to take them off, Uh, but that doesn't happen very often. No, that's Um, good. So I I I looked into it a little bit more and um, I found out what gender fluid meant. Um, and it means something different for everybody, but for me, it basically just means that it's kind of like, um, a spectrum for me, it's a spectrum of gender, um, and my, and how I identify. So, you know, there's masculine on one end and feminine on the other, and then there's kind of like nothing right in the middle. So, I mean, most days I'm kind of in the middle. I don't really identify with either. I'm just, I'm just Sabrina. And then there's other days that I feel really feminine. I'll put on, you know, a dress and makeup and do my hair and I'll look super pretty, and then there's other days, these are a little bit more rare for me, but there's other days where I feel very masculine. I'll put on a binder and a packer, which is a fake flaccid penis. So it looks like oh. I have a bulge. Yeah. It looks like I have a bulge in my pants. Um, and I'll wear like men's jeans, all men's clothes and things like that. And I'll make myself look more masculine. I'll deepen my voice on purpose, things like that. Um, that doesn't happen super often for me personally, but not everybody is like that. Um so it really depends. I feel like it's it's something really complicated for me to explain because I think a lot of people think that non-binary means that you have to be neither all of the time. And I yeah. don't agree with that. I mean, there's some days that I want to put on my hundreds of dollars of makeup that I have and I want to wear a dress and I want to show off my body. And there's other times I just want to shroud myself in the biggest piece of clothing that I have. And you know, I want to not be a girl for a bit.
1: <laughs> Just go about your day, and I, I like what you said too. Like the the gender fluidity. Like, um, it's funny. Uh, it's really funny how similar we are, honestly, because mm-hmm. everything that I've witnessed you go through in your like in your journey of life, as far as as long as I've known you, it's been fascinating. Because I remember when you uh, you had the binder, and I remember mm-hmm. thinking, "Wow, like." But also, on the other side of that, people really think, like, have a stigma about it. Like, um, in Mm -hmm. the sense, like, oh, you have breasts, like, well, you shouldn't try to bind them. Like, that's how you are. But it's like, really, can we just not tell people what to do with their bodies? Yeah. Like, I think that that's a better way to be because I would never tell a girl not to bind her breasts, ever. If that's what makes her feel more comfortable or however yep. that person identifies, if that's what makes them feel more comfortable, I would want them to do that. I would never want someone to feel uncomfortable or like they have to show up somehow just for me. Like, I think that's yep. what needs to change in society is people need to let go of their fucking ideas that other people are living for them. I think that's yeah. really twisted, really fucked up. And I I remember when you started, your like, just kind of tinkering around with things um, I was really fascinated like I was like oh I never thought about that and yeah. then I started thinking like I don't really have I am honestly this is going to sound so kooky but I pulled my cards one time and uh, one of them was I will never forget this it was like the what I mean I, I'll find it for you but mm-hmm. basically what the definition of this card meant like carol cards is that I am fluid i am been in or masculine I am yep. right down the middle yep. and I've I was like it blew my mind because I never mm-hmm. thought about it because growing up um being told you're a girl giving being bought girl clothes you know you just that's what you do but I never yep. liked wearing dresses and then I went through dress phases and I always liked being dressed more tomboyish and I yep. I did have the same kind of childhood where I dressed like a boy and so I think once I seen, once I seen what you were doing and how you were going about it, I just thought it was so fucking awesome because I was like, what a way to just be who you are and however yeah. you are and not have to have a definitive, like full on label to mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I liked how you said, like some days I'm just Sabrina and other days I, you know, I throw on the binder and I put the snapback on and like, I love that. Like, I love it yeah. a lot. I think it's great. I, I have never had tits. Until after I had my kid. And there are yep. days where I'm like, I fucking wish I didn't have these things. You know? Yeah. I think that's very normal. And people people just need to, you know, they just chill the fuck out and let it be. Uh, this this policing of people's bodies thing is really starting to, like, I get really aggravated with it. Because I'm like, I have trans friends. I have lesbian friends. I have, I have a, I'm actually, I March with a girl my trans friend I marched with them for the pride parade and it was one of the most liberating days of my life meeting yep. all the people in the community and asking them about like you know just getting to know them and the pronouns that they that they go by mm-hmm. and just trying to be more inclusive because growing up that was not like I don't know about you do you remember any of that like I think you said no. you didn't have so me neither I'm from a small nope. town and you know, eh, whew, Jesus, this is going to be blank, but it's okay. When, when Grand Prairie put the pride uh, crosswalk down, there were white women, cisgender women marching the, the, the crosswalk with like white p- that were talking like abolishing the gay community. And I was oh so God. outraged by that. Yeah. I was so
2: outraged. I was like, paint. Like, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's just retarded. Like, the whole idea that, and I'm like, I just, that's something I'd like to see people just kind of more, be more inclusive about. Like, uh, so, however, you know, like that, if your thoughts are your thoughts, that's fine. But it's really fair for you to push that or preach that at other people. And it's just the same, like, I don't know anyone in the community of. I'm I'm gonna totally fuck this up because I I can't get the lettering right. But the LGBTQA plus is that right? Yeah, QT, yeah. I T- think there. I think yeah. there's
2: more. I don't even know. I'm part of the community and I don't know. There's so many. It's there's such a vast evolving. spectrum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I I don't know anyone in that community that's evasive or for what they're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like in any community there's people like that, but the vast majority of people are not, right? I mean, it's just we want to be able to be unapologetically ourselves and not have to worry about people's fucking judgment about it.
1: And that's the way it should be, personally, honestly. And I've had my own weird, like, I think I had a weird – I had a little bit of a weird time there because there's just some things that I didn't understand. And that's that's what I think a lot of it is for people and I'm just gonna throw myself under the bus on that like I had ignorance around a few things because I was not educated and through my course in school we are learning all about inclusiveness and diversity and like um, just as a community support worker I'm gonna have to support and ally for people who are like in the LGBTQ community. And I'm yep. I'm actually thrilled because I'm like, how can, like, how can I help? What can I do? And I think the best thing that people can do is educate themselves instead yep. of being ignorant and being an asshat about it, get a book or go online or go into the community and ask questions, but respectively, like there's no yep. way to go about it. And I remember for the first time Um, My friend Hope is transgender, male, but never identified as male. And so transitioned to be a woman. And I had never known her as anything else. So when I met her, I was fully on board calling her by every pronoun that she wanted. And her name, Hope. I always identified her as her. She or her. Like, this is Hope. And she struggled for a long time to get people to just just not fucking ask her stupid questions like oh well you know like you have five o'clock shadow and uh like do you still have your balls like yeah things you shouldn't fucking ask
2: the worst thing i think about like being with a trans person or friends with a trans person or anything like that is having to hear people ask them oh do you have the surgery oh my god gives a shit am i having sex with you no, then it's not your fucking business if I have the surgery. And what does that even mean? There's several surgeries that trans people can get. FYI. I mean, you can get your um, you can get your Adam's apple shaved down, you can get your chin shaved, you can get um, you know, top surgery, bottom surgery. There's so many different surgeries. So what do you mean by the surgery? You're right. basically asking somebody, well, what's in your pants? If I'm not fucking you, it doesn't matter.
1: Right. And I think that's, yeah, that's exactly. And that was one of the things like I got humbled on quickly because I was one of those people who asked that same question. And Hope was amazing about it. Like, yeah, she was so amazing about it. She just looked at me, kind of smiled like endearingly and was like, All right, that is not generally something that you ask people, but yeah. because we are friends and you are new to this, I will explain it to you. So she explained it to me and I just thought the whole process was fascinating, but, um, I don't know. Are we, are we getting off topic? I don't know. I think this is great. Like I just, I'm I'm here (laughs) for this whole thing because there is a lot of weird stigma around all of it. And I think, like I said, people just need to get educated. There are a lot of great books out there. There are a lot of, like a lot of community events you can attend. There are like, there are ways that you can get involved in supporting, uh, I don't know. And, you know maybe just check out Pride. Like go to a Pride thing and check it out. Yeah. You know don't be don't be afraid. Don't be afraid yeah, of it. Yeah, They're nothing sure. to be afraid of.
2: Yeah. And I, I think uh, one of the things that I struggled with in my in my relationships was people asking me questions about my partners, um, expecting oh. me to tell them like oh you know like what was you know like what was what's their real name and I hate that I hate that shit. Um, but it was things like that. Like people would ask me mm. like oh you know like how do you guys like have sex like why is that your fucking business I feel like that's such a weird thing to ask somebody like how do you have sex straight what, up why does it matter and and this is the thing too like I've had people ask me you know um, or not ask me but kind of outright say to me you know I've always wondered you know like what kind of restrictions around sex that a trans person has and I, I've respect- respectfully told somebody, honestly, everybody is different. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a thing that people don't understand about somebody who might be non-binary or trans or or anything like you need to ask. Cause just like any kinks or just sex in general, there's different things that people are comfortable with. You know, I had one partner that was, um, that was like, totally against like didn't want to be gone down on didn't mm-hmm. want anything touching their vagina anything like that because they had so much dysmorphia about it they just didn't want to be touched they didn't want to take their shirt off they didn't want their breasts touched that like that was it right yeah. And that's totally fine i was fine with that i had another partner that was fine with being like penetrated with just fingers but nothing else and was fine with being gone down on was okay with their breasts being touched but didn't really love them being focused on and then i had another trans partner that was like yeah fuck it fuck me with a dildo i don't even care do whatever you want they had no dysmorphia about that per se like with a sexual in like in a sexual sense they didn't feel comfortable with their their breasts per se but in a sexual sense they were like i have it i might as well fucking use it So it really varies like he didn't care about me touching his breasts, didn't really care about me going down on him or using a dildo on him and vice versa like it didn't matter. So it's been interesting for me because I've had so many different sexual experiences and that's like it's like that for everyone like I said but. It's definitely something that you need to discuss with your partner and, you know, get consent because a lot of people, I think, when they're with a trans partner, they'll assume that if they have a penis or if they have a vagina, you can just do what you would do with a cis person. And that's not true at all. Some people are okay with it and some people aren't. And, you know, I feel like all you need to do is be like, hey what are the boundaries here? I just need to know. And you should do that with any partner. But I feel like it's especially important with somebody who may or may not have body dysmorphia. And I mean, if there's any, you know, trans viewers listening that that need to correct me on that, I mean, feel free. But in my experience, that's just, you know, what, what I've had experience with, I've had to ask them, what are the boundaries here? Because, you know, I, I don't, I, make I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because I did do that by accident to somebody because I had never been with a trans person before. And because they had breasts and a vagina, I just did what came naturally to me. And afterwards, he was like, yeah, that kind of made me uncomfortable. And I felt awful. Like, And even though like we were having sex consensually, the things that I had done that I assumed were okay was not consensual. And I felt so fucking terrible about that Um, because he was like, yeah, I I don't really, I'm not really like comfortable with my, with my chest at all. Like that gives me the most dysmorphia and that felt Mm. awful. It felt really bad. So during, during that, like when I was feeling that it just made me wonder like how the fuck do people assault others and just have no remorse about it because I felt terrible.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's what makes you superhuman on that regard. It, and I like that too. It You should, you should totally a hundred percent. Like what are your boundaries? What are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? Because it's such like, ah, this is so beautiful. I love that we're talking about the body dysmorphia. Um, I never understood that. Yeah. I never understood that. I never had a clue about how that body dysmorphia could work. And I didn't relate it to like what it is. I was just always very ignorant. I think in a way I was like, yeah. I just didn't get it. And then, you know, I started kind of, I started doing research. I started just doing some research and yeah. educating myself and okay. Like, no, like imagine being born in a body that does not suit you.
2: Yeah. I feel like thinking about it like that. Yeah, I've had it explained to me, and I just I can't imagine. And like, there's days that I feel like this, but not to the same extent. I don't think I just can't imagine being forced to look at yourself in the mirror every day and not feeling like your body belongs on you. Right. Right. And it's something, and it's something I've struggled with a couple of times, but it's not something that I deal with every day. And I'm thankful for that, but I feel like it really makes you appreciate what people go through. And I feel like as somebody who's non-binary myself, it is something that has made sex for me a little bit different because there's some days when I just really don't feel feminine. I don't feel sexy and I just don't, want to be touched in ways that I would normally want to be touched. So I feel like, you know, being outside of the gender binary is definitely a little bit of a hurdle for sex in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. And that's, I, these are all, this is fascinating because this is just stuff that you would never, you know, we don't, we don't really talk about it. And that's kind of why we want to, we wanted to open the floor and have diverse conversations about sex because it's not the same for everybody. It's yeah. literally so vast. And there are so many different ways you can enjoy it and not like, you know, there and the the thing about people asking about your partners, that pisses me off. Like fuck out of here with that. Yeah. It happened I mean, all the time. Yeah. I get it too in the same people are naturally curious. Yeah. But that's why <laughs> you need to educate yourselves on how yeah.
2: to communicate with
1: people. That yeah way. and I
2: there's there's a difference between lack of understanding and willful ignorance right because like you're like in the case of yourself it was a lack of understanding but you took the initiative to do your own research to ask questions respectfully and figure out how to be respectful to the community but there's people that just are you know, not willing to even try. And that's the difference there, right? Like I definitely had a lack of understanding in that regard. And I definitely asked some questions that might have made people uncomfortable before, but since educating myself and since being a part of the non-binary community, it's gotten better, definitely. Um, And like, don't get me wrong, when I was with partners, you know, like people that I was with for a while, eventually I would learn things about them that I wouldn't normally ask. Like, I know my partner's dead names. Like dead name is the what you call like their their birth name, essentially. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I I, like I learned their dead names. I obviously learned if they had surgery or not. Like I learned those things. But I didn't outright ask them, hey, do you have the surgery or not? Because for me, as somebody who's pansexual, I don't give a shit. I will, like, I if you are cisgender, transgender, pre-op, post-off, somewhere in between, non-binary, I don't really care. I mean, I don't care what parts you have. I'll work with what I got. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I think that's awesome. Um, can pansexual, can
1: you kind of yeah. give me a little rundown? Like, what the heck does that mean?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot That'd of the times, rude. no, that's totally cool. Uh, a lot of the times bisexual and pansexual are used interchangeably. And I don't really love that just personally, just because, you know, the word bi means two, right? Yeah. So you like two genders. That's what that means. So generally, if you identify as bisexual, you will date or sleep with cisgendered men and cisgendered women. And that's it. Right. Pansexual basically means that you are attracted to people. So you're attracted to people regardless of what parts they have or how they identify. It doesn't matter. It really, for me, opens up the floor, um, for, you know, my dating pool. Um, but I have a lot of what I call gay panic. I can't approach women um, because oh. women terrify me. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I call it gay panic. That's a really common thing in the bisexual oh. and pansexual community. Um, so I've I've primarily been with men, uh, cisgendered, transgendered. I've never actually... Um, been with a woman before because I just find women are very intimidating to me and there are definitely women in my life like friends of mine or people that I see in public that I find so attractive that I would never be able to approach because I freak out because I've had so I've had so much experience with men I know how to approach men but I don't know how to approach women because women this sounds a little bit um, stereotypical but I find women are very complicated and people are complicated um but i just find that uh uh, women are so multi-layered oh men can be as well but i just find i never know how to approach women because i feel like i'm just gonna be like you're pretty and just (laughs) freak out right because Uh. that's how i feel and i i find women so physically attractive I just they have I love their pretty hair and I love their eyelashes and their makeup and I love their big juicy butts and I love boobs yeah I just I don't know how to approach them <laughs> I think that's
1: awesome um it's so funny I like that too like we're learning I'm learning so many things right now um and it just makes things make sense like honestly uh I remember being in grade seven and having a quote-unquote girlfriend, and I was attracted to her, and I knew that I was, but because I think there was a lot of shame at that time, and plus, like I said, I was from a small town, so it was very, like, unheard of, Uh, but as I grew up, I was just like, what the hell even am I? Like, what the fuck? Like, what... Because I am. And I brought this up in our, when Brandy and I started this whole topic, I brought it up in our first episode that we launched is that I do, I find women attractive, just the same as you. And it's, but it's not that it's generally and the same, you know, this, I've been with men, but I had one female partner and it was so strange. It was after I separated. His dad, so that everyone that's listening that knows me, um, this is, this is fresh. Uh, yeah, But I basically, I was like, I just want to see what it's like, you know? So I switched my Tinder to women and yeah. I met a woman and it was really fun. She was like, mm-hmm. let's go out. Let, let me take you for like essentially a date. Like she wined and dined me. We had a meal. We had great wine and we had a great time. And then we friggin' I don't know. We just went back to her place. And it, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life because mm-hmm. I got to actually like – be who I am and be yeah. like, and I do. And so I've always been like, oh, I, I might be bi. But when you say it like that, I am just a lover of all people. I love yeah. all people all the way that they are. They, I find everyone beautiful and fascinating in their own way. So I'm learning yeah. things about myself here amazing I love that <laughs> and I think it's cool like uh because you know there I think that's the other side of it too that I want to bring up because uh there's you know the about the ignorance side of it for me is that when you when you start to hear these these names like pansexual or like is there is asexual one is that is that in there yes. or is that something else okay yes no a,
2: asexual is is one yeah
1: okay 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 yeah see and these are the things when I think what happens is people just get confused. Confused. Mm. I yeah. get really confused because to me, bisexual and pansexual, when you give the description, sound the same. But when you gave it, you said bi means two. So you're attracted to cisgender men or cisgender like cisgender men and cisgender women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that actually made it make way more sense. Cause I was like, Well, like, like how? So and yeah, I'm I'm kind of you just should see me right now. I'm kind of looking at the ceiling, just muttering with my hands in the air, like. It's really fascinating to me because <laughs> like lack of education and lack of knowledge and you know not really talking to people and getting out there and just saying like yeah get in the conversation going so I'm I'm totally here for this totally here for this conversation.
2: Yeah. Uh, We're both learning. <laughs> we are
1: and it's so cool and I also love that we have a lot of similarities and um I've been Oh my god, yeah. I've been just able to learn more of myself partially through watching what you're doing on your side and mm-hmm. um I kind of want to ask you like how did you how did you get into like um the online stuff like with um we had talked about do you do only fans
2: I do do only fans okay yeah yes, yes. Okay. um so I, the way that I got into that, I mean, OnlyFans has obviously become such a huge platform, um, and it's Nasus. very stigmatized. Obviously, I mean, I know, I know of people that are personal trainers that use OnlyFans, um, so that you pay for their services to see their tips and stuff. And I feel like that's so smart; it's such a good business move. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, a lot of people do use it for um, a safe place to post nude or lewd photos, and you know, softcore or hardcore porn, and that's totally fine. Um, and I feel like it's definitely opened up the field for people that are interested in amateur pornography, because that's, you know, something that's common. Like you can find that online, like on Pornhub and stuff like that. Um, so the way that I actually found out about it is, um, there's a girl locally that I, um, I was told about and I followed her Instagram and I really loved the stuff that she was posting. I thought it was super interesting. And, um, I had a couple of people, um, that I knew online approach me asking for, photos like to pay me for photos and i'm not gonna lie they were foot photos i mean realistically people love feet i've done stuff with feet before and just to see if i was like into it and i was like eh, i don't hate it i don't love it i'm kind of like neutral about it anybody that's gonna judge somebody for liking feet by the way fuck off their feet i mean people are gonna do what they want to do it has them <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I mean I've experimented a little bit and they asked me for, you know, some nude and lewd photos involving feet because they had just recently discovered that they had a foot fetish and they wanted to explore it with somebody that they knew was non-judgmental and somebody that they kind of knew online. And I awesome. was like, hell yeah, I'll send you pictures of my feet. Um, and when I realized, I was like, oh my god, I could like totally make money from this because I have so many nudes that I take. On my phone, just like you know, I'm bored, I'm gonna take some nudes and and whatever. Oh, um, yeah. and I realized that like this could be something that I can do, and because I do have some, I don't want to say unique kinks per se, but because I do have some interesting kinks, I feel like it was kind of like my niche. Um, so I figured I'd give it a go. And because I post, you know, some racy photos on my Instagram already, I was like, man, why am I sending these people nudes for free? The fuck? Like I can make so much money from this. Um, and I figured it might be a really good way for me to boost my self esteem and Mm -hmm. just be a little bit more comfortable with myself, my body and my sexuality. So I figured, you know, I'll give it a go and started up a separate Instagram. I call it my thoughts Instagram. Oh yeah. um, <laughs> um I call it my thoughts Instagram and I was using it for promoting, but obviously Instagram is very slut-shamy and they don't support sex work at all so a lot of a lot of stuff you can't post because it just gets taken down or you get blocked and stuff um, yep so I decided to give it a try. I did get you know a, a fair few subscribers pretty pretty quickly uh no cap a lot of them i went to high school with and they bullied me in high school so thanks for that's the money guys <laughs> awesome and strange all at the same time like- um yeah um but yeah i found out that people are uh i guess i i don't know if they're fa- they're subscribed to me because they're just nosy and want to talk shit but i'm getting paid either way so i don't really care <laughs> yeah and i mean um,
1: that's awesome but
2: yeah i mean guess uh, people are interested in seeing me naked i guess and um I mean, that was something that I, you know, that was a little bit of a hurdle that I had to overcome with my, my current partner, not hurdle, I guess, but I, I did have to be upfront and be like, look, I have an OnlyFans. I don't know if you're okay with that. And, um, God bless him. He's, he's amazing. He was like, oh my God, I could totally help you with that. Like we can shoot <gasps> couples content or solo content. I can take the pictures. I and, love that. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been so supportive and amazing. And, um, it was something that I never thought I would find in a partner, but yeah, he loves it. He's like, I love that people are online complimenting you and think that you're sexy and you're fucking me for free. <laughs> so, what a I mean it's outlook. Yeah, I mean it's the, it's the biggest compliment and I don't know how people don't see it that way. It's like, okay, so this woman or man or person in my case is charging other people monthly to see photos of them and they're fucking you for free and you're going to be upset about that. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that I think that's a really um a really interesting topic or point to bring into it is that because that was my question. How do people do the online OnlyFans or whatever other type of stuff there is out there and have partners? And I'm I'm thrilled to hear that it's just, you know, it was just like a hey, I have this. How do you feel about it? And immediately was welcomed. I think that's yeah. incredible because. Yeah. My I have so much. Oh, dude, I have so much trauma. I'm trying to unpack. And I'm just like, literally the most, sometimes the most ignorant human being about things. So that was one of my things was like, and I'm just gonna put this out there right now and say this, that if I was more comfortable with my body, I would 100% do it. And I think yeah. that that's where a lot of the stigma comes from, from women is it's a jealousy. Yeah, it def- it's a I jealousy it definitely is. Yeah. from their own internal struggle that they're having. And that's mm-hmm. for me, that's 100% what it is. It's just like, yeah. I wish I would have known when I was, you know, but at the same time, I'm in a better place now mentally than I was before. So if I would have done it when I was younger, it could have been a very toxic thing for me. Yes, but definitely. as a woman yeah. now i'm like i have a better sense of myself and a better sense of my worth and everything like that so i just think that that that's a thing like we mm-hmm. you know and this just this is great like get out and talk to people if you if you want to know Talk to someone who has an OnlyFans. Just just Mm -hmm. talk to them. Just throw it throw an olive branch out there and just educate yourself. Like I'm I'm thrilled right now that we're having this conversation, that your partner's so open. And I think it's cool that he was like, Oh, I can help. Like that's a really wicked partnership right there. To be able to be comfortable within yourselves, in your sexuality relationship together, and also have a way to capitalize and make money from your your body. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's any you know out there, they make money off porn that you can subscribe to porn stars, you can go on there, you can subscribe to amateur porn stars, like there's it's out there. So yeah. when this became so big, and another thing that I think is great about it too is that there were a lot of sex workers out there who got literally screwed when it came to this pandemic. So yep. they were yep. innovative and adapted and took over a platform for in an instance that just wasn't I think it was generally made for other things in the beginning but then there was a they they, they just kind of flipped it yep. and yep. like you were saying you know people who are personal trainers I just had a girlfriend sitting on my couch the other day who's like OnlyFans isn't just porn or whatever it is she's like there are people who actually do makeup tutorials and yep. you pay them to teach you how to do makeup and I was like yo I would legit use that I would use yep. that and yep. I think everyone's bodies are their own and if you want to make a dollar off your your assets then give it go yeah go get it
0: Mm -hmm. I can't I can't
1: say shit about it just because I've never done it and I've been like legit too scared doesn't mean I don't think that other people should and I'm glad to you know tell people like it is honestly on my end of it it was a jealousy like I felt threatened by the fact that I because I have weird body dysmorphia like I had a kid Mm -hmm. so I had a 10 pound kid so my tits are not as perky as they were when I was 21 and my body has like loose skin and stretch marks and I'm just I don't feel comfortable yet so I'm still working that out
2: right. And I, Sis, think I have never had perky tits. My tits are 34 age. They have never been perky. And if anyone has a problem with that, then they don't need to be fucking me anyway. So right? <laughs> Fuck off.
1: No, and I think that's amazing. Like, just what a beautiful way to look at it. Just And I love that. I love this conversation with you. Um, Just the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I asked you about that. So that's how you got into it. And mm-hmm. your partner, everything's that way. Yeah, yes. There was another yeah. platform you talked about. I don't know if we can talk about it, if that's... A safe um, thing to talk about or what the it, jurisdiction is on that I, I don't know we don't have to bring it up or whatever whatever you're comfortable with but
2: it's, um, it's not a platform per se I mean I do I do do sex work online of course like even though it's just um, you know nudes I would be considered a sex worker but not a full service sex worker okay so full service sex worker is just another term for like an escort um, and I have no issues with that obviously I mean I'm totally supportive of that it's just not something that's personally for me Um, just because I, I feel like having to manage multiple clients, I don't have time for that. And like, I totally respect any woman or man that is an escort because it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of bullshit. Like I'm a part of a subreddit for sex workers and the stuff that these men and women go through is like not even half, not even like, not even the, the amount that I go through in comparison to them. is like not even a tiny percentage of what they have to go through. Like just dealing with the, biggest of assholes so i mean luckily i've been lucky like i I have a very small fan base on my only fans right now, especially right now because i've been really busy with moving so i have been losing subscribers and that's fine um but because i have such a small fan base i don't really have people in my dms talking shit about me um so it doesn't really bother me that much but Good. um but yeah i uh, i'm not a, a full server sex worker i am however in the sugar bowl um which is basically i'm a sugar baby. That's, that's what I, oh. that's a part of what I do. Um, so I have been in the sugar bowl for years now. I have unfortunately not been super successful in finding a sugar daddy, uh, up until recently. So I have a, a new, uh, a new arrangement or relationship that's, that's coming about. Um, but yeah, I won't go into like the nitty gritty logistics nope. of it, But um, that's cool,
1: though. I think that because I'd never heard of that when you mentioned it. I was like, yo, I got to Google that. I don't know what the fuck that is.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that was something else that I had to talk to my partner about because, you know, I I like I said, I have a biochem degree, so I have a shitload of debt um, that I'm trying to pay off. I've been struggling financially for a really long time Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I don't have mommy and daddy's money like some other people do. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, so it was more or less a way for me to try to pay off my debt. And I told my partner about it and I was like, you know, everybody is allowed to have boundaries in their relationships. And I'm not saying you're not allowed to, if you don't support your partner doing sex work only fans, that's totally fine. Um, but, uh, you know, I said, everyone's allowed to have boundaries in their relationships, but if your boundaries are become selfish boundaries, that's when I can't support it. Right. Um, and I, I, I told him You know, that I do this. And he did say, I kind of have to think about that because I don't know how I feel about it because it is, in a way, a relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, it's a source of income more than anything. It's no strings attached. Um, And I basically explained that to him and I was like, it would be no strings attached, no feelings involved. Um, Like, preferably, yes, I would like to, you know, be seeing somebody that I have a connection with and that I'm comfortable with, but there's no feelings involved. Like, and, when I put it that way, he's like, you know what, I think that I could be fine with that. Because as long as I know that you're emotionally connected to me, and we are, you know, emotionally invested in each other and nobody else, I think that I'm okay with that. And he's been very accepting of it. He's very supportive. And he knows that it's going to help me financially be less stressed and more comfortable and, you know, be able to do what I want to do and buy what I want to buy. So he's, totally okay with that and again I never thought I would find that in a partner and the fact that I have is just like mind-blowing to me I swear to god if I fuck with this relationship I'm done like
1: (laughs) (laughs) no don't say that I think it'll be great I think it's great I just love the like the openness that is Mm -hmm. your relationship that is fascinating to me and then also at the same time Just the way that you guys are exploring together as well. And that's an interesting way. I because I we've always we because people talk shit, right? People are like, well, how the fuck do you have a girlfriend? She's got OnlyFans. Like, how, how, how? We're all like, what the fuck? And so that's cool. Cool perspective. I like your I like your partner. This guy sounds (laughs) like a fucking boss human being because he just has no like what was his childhood like? I just want, like, because I'm like, he's just so fast. (laughs) He just doesn't seem broken, you know? Because I feel like a lot of, a lot of of broken shit comes from broken people, you know, where we have all these weird things that we got to work through and unpack. And that's why we're judgmental and shameful and, like, accuse people and put, like, assumptions and shit like that. Like, I am 100% guilty of that because I have all my own shit. Yeah, me
2: too. Yeah. But, um,
1: a massive <laughs> stigma around it because my mother, my biological mother, was a prostitute.
2: Yeah. And it, yeah. And like, that's, that's me totally, up. yeah. Like, that's totally, that's totally understandable. I mean, especially, you know, given like that situation, I mean, of course, you're going to have some type of stigma toward that. I mean, I, I feel like that's want totally it normal. I yeah. Let yeah. It go, you know, yeah. yeah. I don't want to. And I feel let like that- if you, I feel like if you didn't want to let it go, that would be the issue. But I mean, oh. knowing, knowing that you have that issue, being aware of it and knowing that you want to change that is, is completely different. Right.
1: And like I like I said before, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with vulnerable people when I get into the job position that I'm in and sex workers are a part of that. Like yep. sex workers, LGBTQ people, uh, community, um, aboriginal like or sorry not aboriginal do not freaking spite me my god indigenous people thank you there yeah. we go when yeah. there will be a mass community of people that I will work with that are, are vulnerable and I need to be versatile I need yeah. to be neutral I need to not have systematic judgment like stuff inside me that's hindering me helping them yeah because at the end of yeah, the day pretty. they're fucking people. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, and like people are people and and they need help and I feel like if you can go about a career that allows you to be 100% non-judgmental, then I mean that's that's such an amazing thing because I mean there's definitely people that I mean, there's probably people that have been judgmental about me doing what I do. And I feel like there's definitely been people in my hometown that have been like, oh, like, did you what hear that? Sabrina has an OnlyFans? Yeah. Um, but like jealous, I said, jealous. at the end of the day, they're still paying me. So... <laughs> right?
1: I mean, what the hell kind of twisted shit is that? They're going to tell... Mm-hmm. like, But it is what it is. And I like your perspective about it, too. It's like, it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect yeah. how you see yourself. It doesn't make you feel any less worthy. No, it not at all. doesn't... And that that's the part that I love I find the most fascinating and that I would like to you know hopefully grasp at some point in my life where I am not bothered by anything because like ah it's just beautiful to be unbothered yeah. by other people's opinions and it's uh, yeah like it's
2: great I think that's yeah. so fucking awesome it, it really is because I mean, all, you know, all as a teenager, that's all I was worried about was what other people were thinking of me having multiple partners. And now I, I just don't really care. I mean, I just feel like doing what I do has just given me such a confidence boost and it's made me so much more comfortable with who I am and my exploration um, and like my ability to be interested in kink and not be ashamed of that. And it's been very liberating in that regard.
1: And I kinda like okay, I wanna ask too, like when you talk about kink, um, the one the one thing you've mentioned is like um pictures of your feet. Like I kinda wanna <laughs> I kinda wanna ask a little bit more about that, like mm-hmm. without being I don't without being rude. I don't know how to, you know, just respectively just ask you about yeah. what that is for you. Like what does it mean for you it to be? What is that?
2: Um I mean kink is like anything there's such a wide variety and that's what i find this is going to get poetic uh that's what (laughs) i find so beautiful about kink is that there is so many ways to go about it and so many different types and you know even my personal fetishes there's different versions of that so Mm. myself um i don't have a foot fetish myself um i don't have any issues with people that have a foot fetish that's totally fine i did explore it with somebody that I was sleeping with, um, and it just kind of happened. Um, like he, I noticed that he was like, kind of like kissing my feet and stuff. Mm. Um, and my feet are really ticklish, but it, it didn't bother me. Um, so, like, to, like to be fully upfront, basically what happened is that like I ended up giving him a foot job, and he came on my feet. That's um, awesome. And um, it didn't bother me. I mean, it felt a little bit weird, not going to lie. Like, having come on your feet is not something that you would normally, (laughs) that you would normally do. That's not normally where it goes. No. Exactly. Um, But uh, I did try it and I did ask him afterwards and I was like, you know, like, I didn't know that you had a foot fetish. And he was like, I don't consider myself to have a foot fetish. And I was like, you just came on my feet, bro. Like, (laughs) and he was like, he was like, I think that a lot of people when they, think about sex or have sex, they forget about all of the other parts of your body that can be sexual. And I feel like that's bullshit. I feel like you should be able to explore different parts of your body and not be ashamed of it and be told that you're like, have a gross foot fetish. And I thought that was a really good way to put it because he was like, I don't really have a foot fetish. Like I don't actively seek out feet, but if I can put my big dick between your feet and it feels good, it feels good. Yep. (laughs) Um, and like I, I probably wouldn't do anything with other people's feet because I just I I don't like feet personally. Same. Um, But if you want me to go get a pedicure and if you want me to use a bit of pumice stone and take pictures of my feet for you, fuck yeah, I'll do that shit.
1: Cool. No, that's cool yeah. shit. Um, so yeah. Like, funny, funny, funny. I will. Won- um, when in the kink realm of things, uh, mm-hmm. dress up is that part of that? Is like cosplay or like costume? Types. stuff I, yeah yeah kink?
2: um i i do do that so there's so many different ways to dress up for kink i mean there's like fem dom which is a, a female dominatrix um and which is like tech like pretty pretty much leather um and then there's like the ddlg which is daddy dom little girl fetish so like there's somebody that's called daddy and then there's you know a person that acts i don't want to say acts younger because that's not always true but you know they they dress up and they sometimes wear diapers and like body suits and they have a little pacifier and stuff like that I'm not interested in, in that part of it personally like the little girl thing I think like there's a couple of people I follow on Instagram that do have that fetish and I just think they are so stinking cute I love looking at pictures of them because they're so adorable they have their little onesies on and they have a passy and their hair and pigtails and they're so cute um, but it's just not for me personally, I don't feel that way. I don't identify with with that. Um, a lot of people use uh, the DDLG fetish um, as uh, like a coping mechanism. A lot of people mm. do um, regress to, um, you know, more of like a little girl vibe because they have trauma. And yeah. um, I do have a daddy fetish, open and honest um so I mean like I do have like a, a a dom like my partner is my dom and we like I refer to him as daddy in the bedroom um I like it. but I <laughs> hot okay continue I'm here um, for this I um I actually discovered pet play as of a, a form mm. of um uh like oh god what, what what's the word I'm looking for Uh, like a way for me to kind of get past the things that I have struggled with in my life so as I said I was I was pretty severely abused as a child like physical and and mentally Um, and I have a lot of issues with that and because of that I I'm very, like, meek as a person. So, like, I – well, I was. So, like, people used to walk over me a lot because I don't like confrontation because I grew up with that. I was always in a fight with my mother, and I was always hit, um, and I was in foster care and things like that. So it was very, very traumatic for me. And when I discovered pet play, it was a way for me to be submissive in a way that I could control. And that was – very again liberating for me because and, and and also I look fucking cute um so I have I have like ears like cat ears so I identify as a, a kitten um mm. and there's you know there's there's fox girls and cat girls and and puppies and people that like to dress up as little horses and stuff like that so everybody's different there's some people that like you know dressing up as, as different types for me specifically it's it's just cats um I love cats I have cats um but I have you know some some cat ears that I have so it's I have my gear my pet play gear Um, so I have like a collar and a leash and I have a tail which can be turned into a butt plug in case anyone was wondering because that's always the question yeah no Um, no one's always curious about that how do you have a tail what do you where do you put your tail yeah I can either wrap it around my waist or I can stick it in my butthole that's the answer (laughs) amazing um So for me, I mean, being able to dress up and be super cute and regress into, it's called kitten space. So that's like the headspace that you're in when you're acting like a cat a little bit, like when I'm being submissive Um, because I am submissive, but I'm a brat in some ways. Like I don't always like to listen. Mm. Um, And that's a very common personality of a cat girl. And for me, like I said, being able to Dress up and be cute and be submissive, but in a way that I'm in control of the scenario. I'm in control of the scene and um, I'm, you know, getting pleasure out of that. I feel like is something that's helped me a lot grow sexually because I don't have any shame in that. I feel like some people think that me dressing up as a cat makes my partner weird, um, because I guess somehow people think that's promoting bestiality. My partner has a cat. He's not trying to have sex with his cat anytime soon. So I feel like that's a ridiculous mindset. Um, but like my partner likes the way that I look with my cat ears on because he thinks I look super cute. And, um, there is some role play that goes in with that. So I do dress up. My partner doesn't dress up even though he's my dom. Um, but I found out that a lot more people are interested in pet play than I thought um, hmm. because I do post pet play on my OnlyFans as well as stuff that's not pet play. But I refer to myself as kitten um, on, my, on my OnlyFans and I refer to my partner as either daddy or like my master or sir. Um, and so many people are into that that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by. So there is dress up that goes into it just for like myself, but kink doesn't always have to be that way. Right. Okay. No. And I, yeah. I
1: think that's, the, I love to hear that because mm-hmm. it's very um, it's again, like it's something that people, you, people don't, let's just put this out here. People do not talk about their sex lives or in the bedroom or anything. And I think that's stupid. So that's why we're doing mm-hmm. this. We're having this conversation yeah. because we want to, we want people to be aware that it's not fucking weird. Like, it yeah. is... Uh, I'm just going to throw, throw this out there. I got a fucking fox outfit, and I love it. It's so cute, right? Absolutely loved it. I loved yep. it, and I would love to do a little bit more makeup so that I look as though I have whiskers. But yep. um, I have, yeah, like the tail. So cool. And it's yep. actually, for the people out there that are, you know, if you're a little more on the safer side or not a little more vanilla. I don't know how to put it without being an asshole, but basically it's exhilarating because Mm -hmm. I enjoy double penetration. Mm -hmm. And I've always been looking for a way (laughs) to have that within my relationship without having multiple partners. Yep. Because for me, I'm a very, I'm a very monogamous person. I uh I enjoy the one one partner type deal mm-hmm. and that's just it's always been that I haven't explored. Like I've had threesomes and um it was fucking
2: Yeah. That's one wild. thing I haven't done actually. Surprisingly, people always just assume if you're pansexual like, "Oh, you've done that threesomes." I actually haven't done that. It's not that I like haven't been interested per se. I just don't know how I would feel about that because I do have insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I wouldn't want to do it with a partner because I nope. feel like me as a person, I do have a lot of jealousy that I like, and I'm trying to get past that. Um, but I feel like for me, it would be very difficult for me to see my partner enjoying somebody else or yes. vice versa. Right.
1: And so that's... I just
2: wouldn't want to experience that. I don't think.
1: No. And I, I think that's very honest and a yeah. very, very good point to bring out because they're, Ugh. women are I just I think the way that we grew up or the way that we were raised and the way that things were for us when we were little girls um I think that's what create that's part of where the jealousy came from is just the way that things were stigmatized so I remember I think I've had like two or three the first time was it where the f- <laughs> oh man I, oh my god I was oh god I'm not gonna say it for sure because my if here's this they're just gonna cry but uh I was very young and it yeah. happened when I was away from home and it was fascinating it ha- I had another situation where it happened again when I was like much older but I really liked the guy so I would definitely say if that's ever anything you're gonna do don't do it with a partner because it complicates things yeah it's um yeah, yeah and that's it's funny that's interesting like it's so funny just to, to talk about it because like we have such open minds, but then we still have our own restrictions on mm-hmm. what what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. So yeah, but yeah. yeah. I feel- and
2: I I know people that um, have been in relationships that have had threesomes and it's been fine. Like they haven't had any issues, and like I totally respect that. Like I said, everybody has boundaries in their relationships, and if you're okay with doing a threesome with your partner or partners, if you're polyamorous um, or if you're practicing ethical non-monogamy or anything like that, that's totally cool. It's just not for me Mm -hmm. just because I am just naturally a, a jealous person now I'm not like a psycho or anything I don't think um but um but yeah I just feel like for me it's not really something that I'm super super interested in but I totally understand in like having an interest in double penetration but wanting to do it with a single partner because yes. honestly that's what my partner and I do a lot of no cap my man loves booty um <laughs> yeah and I mean all the so,
1: power to it because it yeah, yeah. you know it's it's part of figuring out your body and figuring out like what you yeah. just figure it out, figuring it all out. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I liked, I've known that I've liked that from again, oddly a young age. I was 15 uh, when I first tried. Okay. okay <laughs> yeah. Cool. So um, I was young. I, 15 or 16, the same. Yep. So, but it was with a, like a partner. I had a boyfriend and oh, fuck. I think I was drunk and we were drunk in his garage and oh, that, it just, yeah, it would just, <laughs> it just happened. And I was like, yep. Oh, <laughs> The most incredible thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It it just kind of, it just kind of happened and you were like, hello. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know,
1: but okay. Now
2: I know, but don't Um, do it drunk
1: try to do it sober because you need lube.
2: Yes. Yes. And that's, that's another thing that I definitely wanted to touch on because I do, this is going to sound weird, but I do a lot of anal. Okay. So (laughs) not weird at all. Um, yeah, so I, it's, it's a lot of what my partner and I do. Um, and even if we're having like vaginal sex, there's probably a lot of anal play involved. Right. Um, and because like I have tails and we have a lot of anal toys between the two of us. Um, so because that happens a lot, I feel like people really need to understand that it is work. Like you can't, like, there's people that think like, oh, I can just put my dick in your ass and it'll be fine. God, don't don't fucking do that. Guys, if there's any men listening or women, do not do that. Please do it. For the love of God. If, like, just, I can't even stress enough. You need to be clean. You need to be careful. There needs to be so much communication. I had so many people coming into the sex store being like, oh, yeah, like we want to try anal, you know, like what's your suggestion? And the first thing I would say is communicate. Communication Mm -hmm. is the Biggest thing when it comes to anal sex, because if you don't communicate how you're feeling and what's happening, it is not going to be a good time. If you're stressed, if you don't want to do it, you're going to be tense and it is going to hurt. And this is the thing, like your your anus is not meant to have things going into it. It is meant to stretch, of course, because like we poop, yep. but it's not meant, it's not self-lubricating like a vagina is. So you need to be really, really safe. And people don't understand that. And the thing that really bothers me is that a lot of men and women, the, their, their first reaction, if there's any poop, is to freak out. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? You're putting right. your finger in my ass. If you're going to go cave diving, you need to be prepared to hit a few stalagmites. Yep. I love that That's analogy. It. <laughs> that comes to me courtesy of a friend of mine that I play Pathfinder with. Um, and I just it's something that people just assume is like your ass is going to be clean all the time. And that's not what needs to happen. And people really don't understand that like you need to clean it out. And I had somebody ask me recently, like how, and I told them like, you need to buy a douche. You need to prepare yourself before you use it. And they were like, well, how do you prepare yourself? And I'm like, use a a finger and some lube. And they're like, yeah, I'm not doing that because my nails are long. And I was like, okay, you can not prepare if you want to, but if you try to clean, your anus out with a douche without preparing, whether or not you lose use lube, you're probably going to get a fissure and fissures fucking hurt, man. And if you get a fissure and then try to have anal sex afterward with that, it is so painful. It's like a paper cut on your butthole that stretches and is not comfortable. So everybody that's listening, please don't ever try to do anal dry. Use a lot of lube. You need to warm up to it and just be comfortable don't buy anal relaxers. Oh God, please don't buy anal relaxers because they basically it numbs you, um, so you can't feel so, it. Exactly. And a lot of people would come in and be like, "Oh, I want to numb it so that I don't have to feel it." Then why are you doing it? Yeah, the that whole doesn't sound point. Good. Yeah, the whole point of doing anal sex is to feel it. And if if you're numb down there, you can't feel anything good that's happening. But even more importantly, if you're numb, you can't feel anything bad that's bad. happening either. You can't right. tell if something is ripping or if something is bleeding or anything like that. So, you won't be able to tell your partner to stop. And right. that's really, really important. And people don't understand that about anal. They think that they can just go for it and it's going to be fine. And it's not like that. Like, my partner and I, we do a lot of anal sex. And even for me, like when I'm cleaning, I still have to prepare myself because it's, it's not meant to happen. And like, don't get me wrong. We've gen- we've definitely worked up to items that are larger because that's just what we're interested in. But even with that, it's something that we've had to work up to very, very gradually. Like we've been seeing each other now for, uh, three, a little over three months And, um, over the past three months, we've had to gradually work up to those items. That hasn't been something that we've all done in one session. Right. So I feel like that's something that people really, really need to grasp about anal sex.
1: And like, oh fuck my, okay. So this is, I just learned so many things from you just now. Uh, I'm impressed because I remember when I first started, I got a small toy and we started small. Mm And then you yep. get bigger and bigger and bigger until you're relatively yep. closer to the size of your partner.
0: Yes. Or bigger, yep. whatever,
1: whatever you. Yep. Fuck me. I hadn't done it in forever. Went and picked up that outfit that I got. Literally took me forever to get my yep. tail in. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. I was like, holy shit. Why would yeah. I get this? Why would I? Why didn't I prepare myself? What the hell? And so I kind of <laughs> suffered a little bit, but I'm yep. weird in the way. That it kind of turned me on, so oh, same. It, I'm just gonna say that, like it was like, oh, yep. this is, is kind of painful, but like I'm just gonna yolo it and whatever. It hurts and, so good, <laughs> right? Honestly, like that's yep. how it was. And then freaking yeah, we just had, I don't know, we had really good sex and like the the ears and stuff. So I, yeah, I think fuck, that is so funny. But I did not know that you could get a fissure from that. So that's oh super yeah, important to yeah. And maybe it also helps explain why times moving forward, it's been a little more painful because I'm like maybe I did it properly, so now yeah. I'm going to be more smart and yep. prepare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: and and I feel like too, like a lot of people don't know that there's certain types of lubricants that you can use with certain toys because a lot of people, I mean, like ideally, if you're doing anal sex, like you're you're gonna want silicone. Um, because it, it doesn't go away right it, it just stays there but if you're using toys that's not always an option because silicone you can't use with other silicone toys because it it binds to itself and then it deteriorates your toys right um, so really yes. the only toys you can use silicone with is like hard plastic metal and glass um, and and it and it depends yeah it depends on the the person too so like for myself um, I have a condition that was diagnosed by my doctor when I was a teenager. I get infections, like vaginal like yeast infections, very, Mm. very easily. Um, So for me, um, I can't really wear any underwear that's not cotton. Um, I can't wear stuff that's super, super tight. Um, I can't use a lot of scented... Uh, Bath products like shower like shower gel and stuff like that. Um, I can't normally take baths, especially if it's with um, like any bubble bath or anything like that. Uh, There's so many things I can't drink a lot of beer or eat a lot of bread that's leavened with yeast because that makes it worse. So I have Mm. a lot of restrictions around that. So with me, I'm very sensitive to lubricants yeah. um so it took me a while to find one that would work for me that was versatile that i could use for vaginal sex and for anal sex and anybody i've had people tell me like oh you know like if you need lube that like you're old like you're all dried up and stuff like no nope. that it just happens like it totally I does. my my vagina is perfectly normal. And I feel like that's another stigma is that if you need lube, there's something wrong with your vagina. No, it's just sometimes there's a lot of friction or maybe I'm trying to put something big up there. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Um, Sit down and be humble. Yes, exactly. So like go lie down on it. (laughs) Oh
1: my God. I love that. Um,
2: But uh, yeah. So, I mean, I had to try to find something that was good for me because a lot of stuff gave me an infection. I can't use silicone um, because silicone is uh, because it's, synthetic uh, it just doesn't mesh well with my with my body I can use it for anal I just can't use it for vaginal um, so for me it was really really hard to find a lubricant and a toy cleaner that was really really safe for me and didn't cause me any of those issues um, and I think that that's something that a lot of people need to be educated on is just using safe lubricants and 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 toys honestly because a lot of lubricants that you buy, in you know, a drugstore or online or anything like that have glycerin in them. And a lot of people don't know this, but glycerin is actually a sugar alcohol. So basically what that means is that sugar alcohols are very, very large molecules, um, like extremely large. So what happens when you use a lubricant with glycerin in it, it actually clogs the pores inside your vagina that help with self-cleaning because the vagina is self-cleaning, it's self-regulating. So when you clog those pores, it's kind of like getting a pimple, right? So what happens is your vagina can't excrete any of the self-cleaning stuff that it has, which results in an infection a lot of the time. And it's literally just because of the molecules. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. But if they weren't scientists or didn't work in a sex store, they wouldn't know that. So if you hmm. find that you're sensitive um, and get infections really easily, always check the ingredients list of your lubricants.
1: No, and I that totally. Because honestly, another weird thing that we have in common, same, super yep. sensitive. No one ever. And that's a thing, too. Like, no one talks about that. Like, no. And again, we're coming back to being as children and growing up um I don't know I you know you come across things in your parents room and you're curious yep. right and, and that happens that's totally normal and but I wish there would have been like conversation maybe as I got older yeah. around yeah. that type of stuff just because <laughs> it was tricky and um, I would get yeast infections the time and i would I, get um what's the other one there's another one if you it's bv bacterial, yeah, bacterial vaginosis that sounds growth. gross sorry yeah. everyone if you just fucking hate that whatever we're it's whatever. we're talking sexual health here um but yeah i and i just i never could figure it out and i never even thought about the lube until i was like i am sick of getting infections i'm fucking mm-hmm. sick of it i went into the sex store and i was like yo I am like a China doll here. I am so sensitive to everything. And that's when I became aware that you yep. should, like hypoallergenic lube is a thing and that that's yeah. what I needed. So yep. I went that route and I have never had, since I've been with my boyfriend for three years and I think I've had, oh my God, we had one yeast infection because we kind of silly, sillily did um, vag to, to butt or, butt to vag and yep. just that don't do you gotta you gotta take a time out you can't just t- yeah. technically go from one to the other because you got to think about what's in the one that's going into the other and technically yep. you shouldn't have poop particles in your vagina so yeah <laughs> practice that safely as you
2: will but just be yeah. aware
1: that that can happen
2: Yep, I've had the same thing happen when I was younger. So I totally understand. Uh, but yeah, like, same thing happened to me, I was having a lot of infections and stuff. And then I changed my lube. And uh, it has been literally life changing. So I literally just ordered like a giant fucking like 32 ounce bottle off of it online. Nice. <laughs> um, So yeah, like me and my partner have like, you should see our collection. It's disgusting. Like we are degenerates. Um, no, I um, think that's we- great. <laughs> we have like drawers and drawers of sex toys um, and we're actually like, so he has three bedrooms in his house. So we're actually making one of them, our sex room, like for me to do my shoots in and stuff just so that all of our stuff is in one room. Right. So it's like, yeah. So it's like easier
0: place.
2: Yeah. So it's easier to access as well. So we're basically going to have a sleeping bed and a fucking bed. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I, I feel like it's, it's definitely going to be a way for us to kind of like, hide our shame in a way um because you know like we have restraints and stuff like that like half of the time i'm tied down to the bed with something in my butt a gag in my mouth and i'm blindfolded right yeah, so yeah. um we need somewhere that somebody's not going to walk in and be like oh my
1: <laughs> oh my is right i love it
0: yeah
2: yeah so oh. uh we're 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 getting we're in the process of getting that all set up because i I do have a locking um, like little carrying case for my toys and it's not big enough because I have so many and he has so many as well. So it's just been um, it's been an interesting ride uh, being with somebody that's definitely willing to explore sexually. And this is the thing, like before we started dating, um, I actually brought up like my kinks and stuff and he's like, yeah, a lot of that stuff I haven't tried, but I'd be willing to try it. And he's so good at it. And that always blows my mind when people are like, yeah, I've never tried that. And then they are so amazing at it. And it's just like becomes basically second nature to them. So I feel like this is definitely the most um, sexually fulfilled I've been in a relationship kink wise and frequency wise.
1: (laughs) No, that's good.
2: Um, Yeah. And just being uh, comfortable and being open and knowing how to properly communicate. Um, Yeah, it's been it's been really great. So I feel like uh, it's, it's definitely nice to have a partner that's open and uh, is, is willing to explore and then finds out, oh, I love this. This is hot. <laughs> no, and I mean, that's uh, this is the best thing, I think,
1: to take away from this whole thing is that, you know, we go through life with all these little, like, obstacles, and to be able to come into yourself and also be fully accepted by the one that you're with, yeah, that's like the ultimate goal.
2: Yes, yeah. Literally just, the ultimate goal. Yeah, and just to feel like, you know, because I had so many issues about sex and about my body, because, you know, like I, I've been with a lot of people, I'm not going to lie. I don't even know at this point. I stopped counting because I don't care anymore. Um, it's, it's just a number. But
0: I've,
2: yeah, exactly. Um, and it's a not important number to me. Um, but I've been with a lot of people. And because of that, there's been a lot of comments made, um, which is ridiculous i feel like if somebody is letting you fuck them and you're going to insult the way that you look then you're probably a trash person and you should just throw yourself out just throw throw the whole man away or, trash woman, or person. person yeah um, you
1: should never judge like that but yes continue yeah.
2: Um, I've had so many people make comments about the way that my face looks, uh, like when I'm having an orgasm or the way that my body looks in certain position positions, the way that my breasts look, the way that I sound, and it made me so uncomfortable with my body. and I still carry that with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was a period of time where I would not I refused to have sex with the lights on. They had to yep. be off no lamp or anything, just pure just darkness dark. um because I didn't want people to see my O face because I was so upset about, and my, like my breasts are, like I said, large, they're heavy and they don't, they're not perky. And I feel like to be with somebody that is so not, not judgmental about the way that I look and how I sound and the sounds that my body makes, um, is just a lot more comfortable for me because we're able to both be really comfortable with our exploration, both for ourselves and for each other, mm-hmm. and it's something that I'm not super, super used to. So um, it's it's definitely been interesting. I feel like I've definitely landed a good one, and um, it's uh, sexually for me, it's been uh, it's been really nice just not being judged and just being, you know, told that I'm sexy yourself. as I am. Yes, yeah, exactly. Queen. Yeah. Yeah. yes oh my god yeah.
1: to all of that because ah, oh, what you yeah oh my god okay so literally all the things I can't even I can't even begin to express but like um there was like a I had a period of time I dated this guy and he would make fun of me when I was on top yeah So I literally was never on top for the longest time because I was afraid of it. I was afraid of it because I was afraid of how I looked. I was afraid of how I felt and Mm. afraid that I was so awkward about my body that I just didn't know how to move. And my now is just thrilling. He is, and this is funny, he's younger than me and like, he's so open-minded he yeah. just just loves honestly if it wasn't for this boy or this this man i'm dating um i would not be where i am right now i love myself because he taught me how to love myself he loves my body as is and he's never said anything shitty about it yeah Even i love when that. i say shitty things he's like don't say that you're fucking beautiful yep. don't say that yep. about yourself
2: And our part, our partners even sound very similar. I mean, mine is older than me, but, um, and I find that's so rare to find in somebody that's younger than you. And this is a lot of the reason why I don't generally date younger men is because I find that younger men have such an ego about sex and they do. I feel like it's just ridiculous like I you know you know that the, the whole thing about like if you're an older man you don't care if somebody is, is on their period you you take their clothes off and you fuck them in the period yeah. and that's so true like I feel like older men because they have more experience they've probably been shit on at some point um if they've done anal I know mine has by me recently by accident um <laughs> it happens Um, they've probably been bled on, they've probably, you know, had partners that maybe it was, you know, they had an infection, they might not have smelled the best and they went through it anyways, because that happens. I don't care what anybody says every now and then your vagina doesn't smell the best. And that's totally normal. Um, so I feel like older men generally are just they don't care. Like if you tell them, Oh no, like I haven't shaved. They're like, okay. And into the woods, like they don't care at all. Um, so it's, it's it's really nice to hear that you're dating somebody that's younger. That's in that same mindset. They just accept you for who you are and they accept your body and the way that you look in all, in all forms and all points in your life. And I feel like that's, so amazing to find that we've we've we found some gems like we found some amazing men I think yeah we
1: really did and I mean like uh before this I'd always have to have shaved legs shaved vagina shaved armpits shaved everything and in this in this partnership I have literally gone fucking like free birth shave down there not worried Mm -hmm. about the bikini line in the baby in in panties because as it's so strange but we're taught that body hair is not something that we have women shouldn't have it you should not have yeah. pubic hair sticking out of your thong and I'm like yeah. wherever that came from we need to burn that burn that book yeah. burn that idea because yeah. it's liberating to have armpit hair and pussy hair it-
2: yeah we're we're basically taught that our bodies the way that they are are not sexy no. um and I mean like for me personally like I'm I'm personally right now I'm in the process of getting laser hair removal on so my on my bikini bikini line but that's for myself um yeah. because I get it's a preference I have really, yeah I have I actually have really thick pubic hair surprisingly like I'm naturally uh, like a dirty blonde but my body hair
0: yeah,
2: yeah my body hair is black like so dark and my pubic hair is very thick so when I shave it I get really bad ingrown hairs mm. um I get those it's uh, like I get those razor, like, like white bumps, bumps. Yeah. yeah razor bumps and it's just, yeah it's very very uncomfortable for me so the reason I'm going to get laser hair removal is just for myself for me to be more comfortable and honestly like I I personally prefer shaving on myself I don't care about yeah. other people like if I was with a woman that wasn't shaving I wouldn't really care about that same thing with men like I've been with men that don't shave that do shave and in between and that doesn't bother me doesn't just bother for myself so, yeah just for myself I prefer to shave um so, like, I am getting laser hair removal, but I feel like you're you're totally right. Like, we're taught that having hair is not sexy and is not okay. And, like, that's just reinforcing this mindset that we're not perfect as we are. And that's ridiculous. Right?
1: And this yeah. is how we, like, everybody has it.
2: Yes, exactly. It's like, okay, so you're telling me that I'm not perfect the way I am with my pussy hair, but you can have hairy balls and that's fine. Right. And you want me to put what? Yeah. I will. Like, don't get me I, wrong. Totally. No, I but will. But not. But not if you're going to be judging me about having hair on my vagina.
1: Like... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we might like. Yeah. So this. Uh, this app gives us like only. I think we're going to cap out at like 120 minutes. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that we haven't covered?
2: Uh, geez. I don't even. We've talked about so much stuff. I feel like we've just covered such a wide like uh, just a, an array of things. Um, we did. I mean, yeah, I mean, like we've talked about our relationships, we've talked about kink and all of that stuff. Um, I guess like the only thing that I really have left to say about all of this is that I feel like if anybody is ever feeling uncomfortable about themselves, about exploring, or if your partner is making you feel shamed about your sexuality, move on from that. That's that's not a healthy relationship and you should not have to feel like you need to be a certain way to be considered sexy. You shouldn't have to worry about having a double chin on top because let's be honest, you probably do. But if somebody doesn't look at you underneath while you're fucking them actively and think that your double chin is sexy, you can just throw them in the trash anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, I just there's so many things that I wish people would just accept about themselves. And I feel like a lot of people just need to explore and be comfortable. And I feel like this, I mean, this, this series is is a good way to start with that because they're hearing that other men and women are experiencing these same things Mm -hmm. and that we have learned to overcome. You and I personally have learned to overcome our trauma. We have learned to be liberated while still struggling with certain things that make us feel uncomfortable and certain boundaries. And Sex and sexuality and gender is always going to be something that's continuously evolving and that's okay. It 100% is. This has been one of the
1: most fascinating conversations that I've had and I'm really glad that we did it We set it up this way and just went all in and had just me and you, even if Brandy would have been great too, like, but just to have this kind of set up for this kind of conversation where we cover a vast amount of topics and Mm -hmm. there's like literally no cap on any of it. Yeah. We're sisters bonding. (laughs) We are. And I mean, this is it. Like talk to your girlfriends. This is another thing. Like get yourself some girlfriends you can talk about your weird shit with. Like
2: yes, yes, and this is <laughs> oh, this is the one thing that I need to say too. Like I feel like a lot. There's this misconception that women aren't fucking disgusting about sex. Oh, we, uh, are. we, we absolutely are, are people are. in my case. But oh my god, like the most disgusting things I have ever heard or said about sex are with my female friends. Like yep. we and it's and that's another thing that is really shamed. Like you know the whole um uh, like locker room talk, women are so bad for that sometimes, And it depends on the person. Of course, some people aren't comfortable with that, but women (laughs) are fucking disgusting about sex. And I feel like that should be celebrated. I feel like we should be able to have that locker room talk and it not be judged because that's something that's totally normal. Like I have said some nasty shit to my girlfriends and it, is so comfortable for me because they're so non-judgmental. They know about my kink, they know about my sex life, they know everything. They've seen pictures of my butthole. Uh, they've seen me totally nude because I'm sending them pictures and being like, hey, is this good for OnlyFans? And I feel like it's so it's such a good way to bond with your female or male friends. Um, if you know if your male friends are comfortable and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, definitely get yourself a group of friends that you can talk about all your nasty shit with. And get it all out on the table and make sure that you're in a judgment-free space. And it yes. definitely is such an amazing feeling to have those types of friends, for sure.
1: It's liberating. Like, I have, yeah. oh my God, I have a handful of girls where literally I've seen everything from them, from everything I've seen. Kids. I've seen discharge, mm-hmm. I've seen weird discharge, we've talked about poop, like, I don't know, girl, girl, yep. like, we send pictures, sometimes there's a couple pictures of poop gets in, I'm like, is this normal, or is that normal? Like, they're like, yo, I need to know, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm here <laughs> for it. Like, that's the kind yeah. of friend that I am, and I have friends like that, and I love it. Like, I think that this, we bonded a lot through this, and we'll probably talk more now
2: than I feel I like, yeah, definitely,
1: ever before. This is just such a wide open, like we just blew the cap off for sure. Yes,
2: absolutely. And there was so much for both of us to unpack. Like, it's like I said to you when I messaged you, like, I'm the full package. I have trauma. I'm a part of the kink community. I'm a sex worker. I worked in a sex store. Um, I, you know, I've watched porn and have my issues with that. So I'm the full package. I literally have experienced everything. And I feel like you have too. And we're both very sexually explorative and open. And I feel like there's no better way that we could have, discussed uh discuss this and you know done this episode for sure
1: and it's cool that it's gonna be like on the air like live I'm really excited yes. to launch this one like honestly because yeah. I'm this is just so out uh, you know we've done a lot we've talked about a lot of stuff we've talked about trauma we've talked about um I don't think we talked about addictions we are going to talk about addictions but we've really we've just mm-hmm. talked about a lot of things our main goal of the show is to come out and talk or the shit that no one talks about because we need to break stigmas and that's the whole point of this entire show is there are there are going to be no more stigmas I don't want to have any more stigma in my mind I don't want to be ignorant about anything else I would like to be educated and just go on and keep being open and being the best human that I can because everyone everyone deserves that
2: yes definitely and i feel like if if anything if people can't gain anything at all from this episode or from the other episodes i feel like if we can get at least a couple of people feeling a little bit more comfortable with their sexuality then i feel like we've definitely done our job we're
1: winning at life
2: yes definitely
1: (laughs) i fucking love it well i i've adored this entire time and i would really like to just say thank you so much for coming out and being so open and honest and available to, to talk with me about all the topics that, you know, are tough for people to, to talk about. I love how open you are and I love how there's no shame. And yeah, it actually course. honestly empowers me to be a little more just, you know, confident in myself.
2: Hell yeah. That's good. I love that. <laughs> all right.
0: Awesome. awesome.
1: Well, f- okay. We're so funny. Awesome. But at the same time. Okay. Well, <laughs> fuck yeah. And I mean, come back. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sabrina. And thank you to our listeners, everybody. Um, This was a, like a loaded conversation and I cannot wait until we post it.
2: Yeah. I'm excited too. I can't wait to listen.
1: All right, girl. Well, I'm going to let you go and I Mm -hmm. would just thank you again so much.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody, to my rambling and uh, Kayla's rambling and hopefully everyone enjoys it.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. And until next time, guys.
0: All right. Bye guys. thank you guys so much for stopping by today we appreciate you so so much if you like this episode and you want to hear more or be updated with episode drops please make sure to send us some love on our instagram page the be real babe podcast give us a follow and stay tuned for more realness coming to you next week until next time babes